This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. This morning, did you bring your Bibles? Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to get straight into the Word. So continuing our uh, theme that we've started so far this year, and that is Grow So. And so we're still looking at this topic of growing. And what I want to focus on today is the fact that when we grow in the kingdom and when we grow in life, that fruit is the result. My sisters have always thought that I was a little bit fruity. It's one of the comments that they um, say to me every now and again is, you're just different, just a little bit fruity. And I don't mind being called fruity, especially if it's to do with the kingdom and to do with what God has put in my life and what I'm able to give to others. And so we're just going to spend some time this morning talking about not only the importance of fruit, but what fruit is. So I guess my first question would be, is what is fruit? Because in the natural, we understand what fruit is, even though some fruits are a little bit confusing, like tomatoes. Apparently, tomato is a fruit because of the way it's structured and, and that sort of stuff. And I've always thought it was a vegetable. I always thought that if I eat my vegetables and eat tomatoes, then I would be eating vegetables. But apparently it's a fruit according to the real definition of what a fruit is. And so in the natural, we're able to distinguish fruit by what it is. It has certain characteristics and it has certain um, properties that actually makes it a fruit, makes it different to a vegetable, makes it different to an animal, makes it different to just a plant. It's actually called fruit. So in the kingdom, there's also things called fruit. And we all of us produce fruit in our life. The Bible actually says there's two types of fruit that we can produce. We can produce fruit of the spirit or we can produce fruit of the flesh. My heart's desire is that fruit that comes out of my life is spirit-based, not flesh-based. So what is fruit? So the first thing about fruit that we're going to see today is that the things you produce in uh, fruit is the things you produce in your life that others can use. One of the things I've learned about fruit is it's useful. It's used. We all know what happens when fruit sits in the fruit basket too long. Had an experience in my family this week when my wife stuck her hand in the bag of fruit and went, ooh. You know that moment when I was like, what was that? As she stuck her hand in the bag, her finger not only found the fruit, but went into the fruit. Exactly. And so what happened was there was an experience in her life was, that was not good. Why? Because the fruit had been left too long and had become rotten. So we all know what happens when fruit is left too long. See, what we need to understand, our spiritual fruit is actually meant for those around us. When we look at spiritual fruit, and we're going to look at it in a moment in Galatians, it's not actually meant for us per se. It's actually meant for others to enjoy. And one of the things I love about church is that church is like an orchard. When people come to church, what they should experience is the whole gamut of the orchard of God in the spirit because we all should be displaying fruit. One of the things that is good about fruit is when it's fresh, it's tasty. When it's fresh, it nourishes us. When it's fresh, it's useful for others to enjoy. It's useful so that when people partake of it, they actually eat it and they receive energy from it. 
One of the things we have to understand is that concentrated fruit is not necessarily good for us. I went for years thinking that orange juice was healthy until I read that little thing that they put on the back of everything these days that contains food, and it tells you how much sugar is contained in orange juice. And I realized that I might, have been, I might as well have been drinking soft drink as drinking a glass of orange juice because of the concentration of sugar that was found in that glass of orange juice. Now, an orange isn't unhealthy, but if I drink a liter of orange juice, it's unhealthy because of the amount of natural sugars that are found in it. So we need to understand that the fruit in your life is actually there for others to enjoy and to receive. The second thing about fruit that, we want, that I want to look at today is that fruit is able to reproduce itself. So fruit is able to reproduce itself to continue its kind from one year to another. See, contained within the fruit is a seed. Contained within the fruit is, for some fruit, is many seeds. So within the fruit itself is the seed that can be planted for the next season. I'm going to have to say that again because I said it and I need to give you a little bit of time to think about what I just said. Contained within the fruit is the seed needed for the next season. If we're not careful because of what's happening in the world around us and everything that's, that's going on with things like, um, you know, religious bills and coronavirus and all these sorts of things that are happening around us at the moment, if we're not careful, we're only thinking about this season and what we can do in this season. I want to challenge you to think about the next season to come as well because the fruit of the Spirit that is produced in your life actually contains a seed for the next season as well. Why? Because the seed is found within the fruit. The seed is found there. I've done that experiment where I've got the fruit of tomato and I've pulled out seeds because I like the taste of the tomato and I dried it out on a paper towel because they told me that's what to do and I planted it and guess what happened? Fruit grew for the next season. There was a growth that happened from within the fruit from the previous season into the season to come. So fruit is where the seed is held. If you want to change in life, guess where the change comes for the next season? It's within the fruit of the Spirit. It produces after its own kind. That's a kingdom principle. When God created the world and when he made all the animals, he told them that they were to reproduce after their own kind. After their own kind. So what that basically means is that a kingdom principle is this, is that reproduction actually causes the same kind to be produced in the next season. That's why I struggle with theories like evolution and that sort of stuff, because the, the species does not change within the species. We produce after our own kind. And so the fruit itself contains the seed to produce after its own kind. So that's exciting for me as an individual because if I want to receive love in the next season, guess what I have to plant in this season? Love. If I want to receive things like joy in the next season, guess what I have to plant in this season? Why? Because the fruit produces after its kind for the next season. 
when I want to, when I want to have um, peace in the next season, no use me being a person of strife and no use me being a person of turmoil. No, I need to enjoy the fruit of peace in this season so that the seed that I have for the next season is also peace. Patience. We all love patience, do we not? We don't like patience. But if we want patience for the next season, because, you know, seasons require patience. One of the biggest lessons I've learned as a being a parent is that patience is important. Just breathing in and breathing out and being non-reactive to situations is super important. As a parent, I learned early in our journey as parents that if I react to the situation, then what happens is I'm planting a seed that is going to cause a reaction for seasons to come. But if I'm patient in that season, and if I'm willing to actually take time out for myself as much as for my children so that I can calm my emotions down and I can get a clear head and I can actually go away and say, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to deal with this situation? When I take patience and when I take time out, not in avoidance, not in a moment where it's like, well, okay, I'll take patience and then I'll just avoid it and forget about it. It's The problem still has to be dealt with, but when I do it in the realm of patience rather than reaction, there's a difference. Kindness. If I want kindness in the next season, guess what I need to have in this season? Goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All those fruits of the Spirit that we're going to look at in a moment, they are produced after their own kind. So what we sow in this season will actually produce in the next. So let's just quickly look at the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to, my sermon is not about the fruit of the Spirit this morning, but I think we need to talk about it because it's about fruit in general as well and the fact that we need to be fruitful. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There is no law against these things. I love the fact that when we walk in the Spirit and when we produce the fruit of the Spirit, what we are able to do is that we will live within the rules of the kingdom. It's basically, I think, what it's saying there. Because against these things, there is no law. So what that means is when I walk in the fruit of love of the Spirit, then what happens is that my actions will actually line up with what the kingdom might say. Rather than going against the kingdom, it actually lines up with what the kingdom might say and do. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against which there is um, the, the, the law. There is no law against these things. So life in the Spirit naturally produces the fruit of the Spirit. It happens. It's there whether we acknowledge it or not. It's available to us when we walk in the Spirit. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, do, do you get grapes from a thorn bush? You don't. Why? Because it's not within the thorn bush to produce grapes. It can't produce after its own kind. And so for us, as Spirit believers... For us as people who are filled with the Spirit, for us born-again believers, for us there's a whole orchard within our life that's filled with beautiful fruit that we can bring out for others. 
Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and again reading out of the New Living Translation, says, May you always be filled, this is verse 11, Philippians chapter 1, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. I love the fact that here the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Philippi and he's saying this, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. See, our salvation has to produce fruit. If you are no different that after the day you were saved is what you were before you were saved, then there's an issue with the way you're living your life. Because fruit of righteousness comes when we understand that repentance has fruit that's attached to it. So our salvation actually has a fruit that goes with it. And we've spent a little bit of time over the last few weeks touching on the importance of God's Word, because God's Word's important. If you want to know God, you need to know His Word. If you want to understand God more, if you want to understand the kingdom ways, if you want to understand kingdom principles, then the Bible is a great place to start. And I would suggest you start, if you're new to the journey of faith, you would start in the New Testament rather than the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament's fine until you get to the legal books. Because when we get to the legal books, it's like, you know that moment where, I don't know whether you've ever been four-wheel driving, but you look at a mud puddle in front of you and say, I'm going to be right. It's like that, Genesis, you're there. You're about to hit that mud puddle and all of a sudden you get to Leviticus and it's like... And if you're not careful, you can get bogged up to your axles in Leviticus and go, well, this makes no sense. If I put our Bible together, I would have put the New Testament first and the Old Testament second. Because when we read a book, how do we read it? Hopefully you don't start halfway through. And people who are new to faith, what they do is they pick up the Word of God and go, I need to read it from cover to cover, and that's a great thing to do. But they start in Genesis rather than starting in Matthew, and they get to Leviticus and those sorts of books, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, there's mud just spraying everywhere, and they're stuck. So if we want to learn kingdom, we need to study kingdom. One of the things I do is if ever I'm visiting another culture, I study their culture. Every time I've travelled overseas, I've actually done research to find out what's offensive. Like, just simple things, like can I sit with the soles of my feet facing the person? Because in some cultures, that is an insult, and it is very offensive to do that. So all the people sitting on the front row are now sitting flat-footed. Because until you study a culture, you don't understand the culture. So via the Word of God we're actually able to study this new culture that we've been brought into as believers. But we also need to understand that the second part of the process in our life is that we need to study the Word, but we also need to be filled with the Spirit. And sadly what happens is I hear comments like this in churches where it's like, well, we're a Word church. Well, I'm glad that you're a Word church. And then I hear other people say, well, we're a Spirit church. You know, we're just filled with them. We just, wherever the Spirit may blow, that's where we go, is basically what they're saying. And I want to encourage you that we need to be a Word and Spirit church because the two have to work hand in hand. The two have to go hand in hand because I want to tell you, you can know the Bible, you can read the Bible, you can actually quote the Bible, but unless you have the fruit of the Spirit operating out of your life, your words will mean nothing in the end. 
In actual fact, you will bring damage to the kingdom by speaking one thing and doing another. So our fruit, our fruit has to line up with the kingdom. So how do we do that? When we walk in the spirit as he is in the spirit, then our fruit is produced. Fruits produced. When I plant a fruit tree, I am selective in what I plant. If I want an apple tree, guess what I plant? A cherry tree. Very good. Thank you. Said like a true teenager. (laughs) Not quite sure what to say next. What is our school system teaching our kids? That anyway, that's okay. We shall move on. If I want, listen and learn. If I want to receive apples as fruit, I plant an apple tree. If I want to receive grapes, I plant a grapevine. If I want to receive cherries, I plant a cherry tree. If I want to receive gooseberries, I plant a gooseberry bush. If I want to receive passion fruits, I plant a passion fruit. That's what happens. If I want to receive oranges, guess what I plant? An orange tree. And you might say, well, that's really simple, Pastor Drew. Well, I want to tell you it's the same in the spirit. If we want to receive the fruit of the Spirit, we need to walk in the Spirit. Because when we walk in the Spirit, when we're filled with the Spirit, Philippians 1 verse 11 starts to manifest itself in our life and it becomes more than just words written on a page, it actually becomes life experience. And my heart's desire for you and my prayer desire for you as a believer is that you won't only read words on a page, but they will become life experiences for you. May you always be filled with the fruit of the Spirit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ, uh, Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Let's go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. So James 3, verse 17 and 18 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also, it is also peace, peace-loving, gentle at all times and, will, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. See, we need to understand that even our good deeds have fruit. See, when you do a good deed to someone, there is a fruit that is received from them. So I think about our spiritual gifts because one of the things, as I was growing up in church, I never really understood the correlation or the the common thread between gifts and fruit. You know, it's almost like, and we do sermons on one or the other. We talk about either the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. I want to encourage you, they're intertwined. They're interconnected. And so what happens is, when you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you need the fruit of the Spirit to actually be operating alongside that gift. For example, if someone has the gift of prophecy, they need the fruit of the Spirit of love to go with it. And often what we do is when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we talk about gifts working in tandem together. Where it's like, you know, if you have the gift of um, prophecy, you also need the gift of discernment to work in with that gift. But I want to encourage you that you need the fruit of the Spirit to work in with your gifts as well. Because out of our good deeds and out of our good works, what happens is there is fruit resulted from it. Out of your spiritual act of service... 
there is a fruit that is attached to that service. Pastor Lynette spoke about a song that she used to sing many years ago in Sunday school. I still remember my Sunday school teachers. I still remember them. Why do I remember them? Not because it was a horrible experience or a bad experience. I remember them because they took time out of their day. They took time out of their week, not only to teach bratty little kids like myself, not only to teach the kingdom principles to children, but they took time out to prepare that message. They took time out to pray. They took time out to do all those sorts of things. And so their act of service... Their spiritual gift of service, their spiritual gift of teaching, their spiritual gift of wisdom, as it was imparted, it actually produced fruit in my life. As they sowed their fruit into my life, what happened was all of a sudden there was little bits growing in my life. There was bits growing where it was like, well, hang on, this person was patient with me and I can model my life upon them, their patience. And so as we give out of ourselves, what we're doing is we're planting seeds in those around us. So our goal is to grow in fruitfulness. Our goal as believers is to not only be fruitful, but to grow in fruitfulness as well. Let's go to John chapter 15. John 15 and verse 16 says this, You didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. So here's a challenging statement by Jesus. He says this, I have appointed you. You have been appointed, not just to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but you have been appointed to produce everlasting fruit not to produce fruit that will be here one moment and gone the next. We are commanded and we are appointed as believers to be fruitful. There's an expectation on our life that we should be fruitful in life because the challenge for us is this, is we are fruitful one way or the other. We're either producing fruit of the kingdom or we're producing fruit of the flesh. And our inner life and our inner study, and our inner devotion, and our inner talking, and our inner relationship with God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit will actually determine what fruit we produce. And I know that there's times in my life where I act out of flesh, where the, produce, where the product of my life has been a fleshly product, those moments where I've been angry about something, those moments where it's like I've, I've you know, all stirred up, those moments of anxiety, those moments of worry, those moments in my life where it's like, well, come on, this isn't part of the flesh. You know, those moments where we allow things like lust to run in our life, where we allow ourselves to covet what our neighbour might have, those moments are not moments of spirit, they're actually moments of flesh. And if we allow those moments to dominate our life, then what happens is the fruit won't just be rotten, you just won't stick your hand in the bag and go, ooh. All of a sudden it's like everything around us starts to be affected by the fruit of our life. Because we know what happens if you leave that rotten piece of fruit in the barrel, it spreads. And I'm amazed at how fast it spreads. 
doesn't take long to spread, but it spreads. And so the antidote for it is this, is we need to understand that through his word and through his spirit, what happens in our life is not only does does the soil of our heart change, but the seed that's being sown changes as well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to finish here in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. This is the parable of the seed. We know it well. If you've been a believer for any amount of time, you would have heard this parable. In Matthew 13, we're going to read from verse 1. It says, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into, the, into a boat. When he, when he sat there, and then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in forms of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered them across the field, some seed fell on, the foot, on a footpath and the birds came and ate, ate them. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon withered under the hot sun since it did not have deep roots. They died. Other seed fell amongst thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60 and and even 100 times as much as that had been planted. Anyone who with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now if we jump down to 18, Jesus actually unpacks this parable for us, which is really nice. I'm glad the disciples sat there after the parable and were scratching their heads going, I'm not 100% sure what he was saying. So they went to Jesus and said, what are you talking about? And so then he explained this in verse 18 onwards. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest 30, 60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. See, there's a number of hindrances here to the fruit because if the conditions aren't right in the natural, then the fruit doesn't reach maturity. If the conditions aren't right in the natural, like I've told you about my poor cherry tree. You know, years ago I thought, I want cherries in my backyard, and so I planted a cherry tree right up the back. But our backyard is in one of the floodplains of Kyabram, and that first year it got absolutely soaked. 
absolutely soaked and this poor cherry tree sat with wet roots for too long and it ended up drowning. And so the next year when the season came around for planting cherry trees, I decided that I would plant another cherry tree further up the yard. But what I forgot to do was water it. So my two cherry trees received very different fates. First one was drowned, the other one was not drowned. And after two failed attempts, I buy cherries now. I cannot do it. Every time I walk into a nursery, all the cherry trees go, no, no, don't pick me. Pick him, pick him. Go to the apricots. See, if the conditions aren't right, the fruit never gets a chance to grow. And this parable is talking about, because the seed's the same. There was no difference in the seed. The farmer didn't come across rocky ground and go, well, I'll, I'll use C-grade seed on that ground because it won't have a chance. No, he just threw the seed out. It was all the same seed. And that is why in the kingdom, you can be talking kingdom principles and you can be talking the word of God and one person will receive it and grow and another person will go, well, I don't want that. I don't want that. And sometimes it's not even their fault. Sometimes it's because of the environment that they have been brought up in. And that is why every week we pray over the people whose names were placed in the chest. Why do we do that? The whole premise behind that is that God told me, don't just sow the seed, but prepare the ground as well. And often there needs to be spiritual warfare done over someone's heart first so that the rocks can be broken up, so that the thorns can be pulled out, so that when the seed hits that good soil, it actually produces a harvest. So there's hindrances to growing in the natural and so there is hindrances in the spirit as well. Because if we allow the hindrances of life to come and choke out the seed, then the fruit is not produced. So the first hindrance is lack of knowledge. These people are the pathway people. It's like they don't take the time to understand. They don't take the time to study the word. They don't take the time to sit down and go, you know what, that preacher bloke said this on Sunday. I want, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that. Or it's like during your own devotions where it's like you're reading the word. It's like it's not just a little skimmy thing we do and it's not just a little, let's read a verse here and a verse there. No, we take quality time out of our day where we can sit down with the word of God and the Holy Spirit and go, come on, let's get this thing in my life right. So because of a lack of knowledge, the pathway hearers, because they don't understand, the devils is it's easy for him to come and snatch. It's easy for him to come and steal what's been sown into these people's lives. Why is it? Because it just sits on the top. It just sits there. It's just ready for the picking. See, we need to allow the word of God to go deep into our heart where the devil can't get to it, where the enemy can't get to it. The next group of people or the next hindrance is found in, sh in a shallow founding, a shallow founding, and that's illustrated by the rocky places. There's a lack of root system. See, what happens in life, in the natural, again, first in the natural, then in the spiritual, in the places where um, plants grow that are rocky, their root system are incredible. Their root system is absolutely incredible. When we lived up in, the, uh, up in Mildura, which is sort of right up the top of the Mallee area, the Mallee trees, they're amazing. 
they're horrible to look at because they're spindly, they're small, and you look at it and some of their trunks are only this round. They're not real big. Some of them only reach a little bit higher than my head, but I look at them and I think, you're amazing because it hardly rains here. I think in the 14 years we lived in Mildura, the average rain we got per year was six inches of rain per year. That's not much rain. And these trees, they survive in that climate. They survive in that climate. Why do they survive in that climate? Because their taproot is amazing. Their taproot is bigger than the rest of the tree. And what they used to do is they used to get there and they used to dig out these roots called mallee roots and they would somehow chop them up and you would burn them overnight and it was the hottest heat that we could get because they were so dense and so strong. See, in arid times, it requires a deep root system. It requires a solid foundation in arid times. And that's what it's talking about here. See, in the rocky places, because the root isn't able to sink deep into the soil, what happens in that moment is when stuff happens, it's like all of a sudden the heat is put on and it just withers away just withers away. That's why we plant plants at particular times of year. Isn't that right, Carol? There's better times of year to plant some plants than others. I mean, one of the things we're going to do out the front here, we want to re-sow that little grass area out the front, but we have to wait for the right season before we can do it. Because if we do it out of season, what happens is the seed won't have a chance to take root. And if it does take root, it'll die because of the heat. And so if you have a shallow founding, if you have a shallow founding in the kingdom, what happens is the word can sort of get in there and we believe the word and we get excited by it, but then the persecution comes, the heat comes, and then we wither away. The third hindrance is the worries of life. And that's illustrated by the thorny places. It's able to grow. In actual fact, without the worries there, fruit would be produced. But because of the worries and the concerns of life, what happens is the fruit is actually stolen away because the plant gets choked out. It's like those pine plantations. You go for a walk in a pine, a pine plantation. You go for a walk in one of the pine plantations and underneath you'll be amazed. It's just all pine needles. Nothing can grow. Why can't anything grow? Because of the, the pine needles, they squash everything out. And because the sun can't get in, the conditions aren't right. And I've gone for walks in some of those plantations and it amazes me, not another plant on the ground because they've all been choked out. That's what happens. The seed is unable to, I mean, it's able to take root, but what happens is it gets choked out by the worries. And then the last is good soil. How do we get good soil in our life? It doesn't just happen by accident. It just doesn't happen by chance. It happens by being a person of the word and a person of the spirit. And then the soil of our heart is able to be produced. Sometimes I talk to people and they say, I don't have time to read the Bible. You have all the time in the world. You have exactly the same time as everyone else. It's not an issue of time. It's an issue of priorities. And when we understand the importance of the word, and when we understand the value of the word, it becomes important. And we make time. This week in my catch-up with Pastor Chloe, in our mentoring session, she mentors me every week. 
And um, this, this week in our mentoring session, she, she spoke to me about a, um, a Bible reading called Shred. And what it, what it is, is it's a Bible reading where you read the whole Bible in 30 days. And I looked at it and I went, that's madness. Ain't no one got time for that. And as soon as this is my internal conversation, Chloe, I was smiling on the outside, but inside I'm going, ain't no one got time for that. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, rarely. <laughs> you think you have no time? And I went, oh, this is going to be painful, isn't it? This is going to be one of those moments. So in March this year, I'm going to do Shred. Yeah, I am. So I, oh, don't you clap because I'm going to invite you to come along on the journey. You might say, well, I don't have time to do that. You have all the time in the world. Honestly, it's about priorities. Now, I'm not even starting to imagine that I'm going to be successful and do it in 30 days, but I'm going to give it a crack. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to have a go. And so what we'll do is when we get towards March, um, we'll give you the link to the online version of it or if you don't have the online version, we'll give you a printout version of it so that you can scare yourself silly too if you want to join me. Because this was the process in my life. As soon as I said, I don't have time for that, the Holy Spirit said this, no, you don't have the priority for that. You don't have the priority for it. And I went, let's have a conversation about this, Holy Spirit. I actually don't think I have time to do this. And he says, yes, you do. You have the time, you just don't have the drive. You have the time, you just don't have the self-discipline to be able to do it. And I knew he was right because he's the Holy Spirit and I knew it was fruitless in me arguing against him and so what I did was I said, "Radio, you win. I will commit myself to that because I don't want to preach a word and not do it as well. And so we need to understand, we need to understand not only the importance of the word, but the importance of getting that word into our life, getting that deep into our life. So that's going to be happening in March if anyone wants to join me and Pastor Chloe on that. She hasn't told me she's going to do it. She just sowed the seed, the rat. (laughs) Very good. Excellent. Why don't we stand up this morning? We understand the desire to produce good fruit. Lord, but we're the first to admit, Lord, that sometimes our desires get sidetracked. Lord, we want to live in a peaceful environment. Lord, we want to live in an environment full of joy. Lord, we want to live in that environment full of love and self-discipline and, Lord, patience and faithfulness. Lord, but there's an issue in our heart some days is that we allow things like our lack of knowledge to allow the devil to steal seed out of our life. Lord, those rocky places, we allow, Lord, that, that lack of foundation for the seed to go into, we, we allow that to be part of our life. Lord, we allow the worries that come to the left and to the right, Lord, to choke out what might be fruitful into the future. So we acknowledge today that the fruit for the next season is found in the fruit of this season. And so, Lord, we ask, Lord, Lord, that we would allow you as the father of our life to prune out those things that you want to get rid of out of our life, Lord, so that we can have a stronger foundation, Lord, so that we can produce better fruit, so those around us, Lord, Lord, would look at us, Lord, not in an area of pride, but they would look at us and they would say, what is it about your life that makes you different to those around me? Lord, and we will be quick to point them to you. 
Lord, as author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, in your wonderful name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, so good to see you in church this day. If you've been online, we want to thank you for joining us. Actually, if you're in isolation at the moment, because we know we have a few people in isolation because of of coronavirus, um, let me just pray for you. Lord, we pray for health, Lord, and victory over every person that has been forced to isolate, Lord, because of this virus. Lord, and we just pray for breakthrough for them. Lord, may they receive your strength. Lord, may they use this season of their life Lord, to their advantage where they will set themselves. Lord, in forced layoff, Lord, they will set themselves to seek your face. Lord, and at the end of this isolation period, Lord, that they would be closer to you because they've taken the time. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabra. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.